Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is Mark Eastman from RUScreening.com, and I am here again with Shane Leonard. Hello, hello. And this week we are going to be looking at Wrath of the Titans, and we have to, I think, confess that we did not uh, see this just now. Right. Due to some mm-hmm. uh, complications, we saw it last night, and now uh it's so it's been a while but as i was explaining to shane i am good on that score because (laughs) i have done no thinking about this movie between then and now so we are uh i think safe on that shane cheated and thought about the movie i've thought of nothing but it so we are in perfect opposite spectrums here i just i couldn't get it out of my head Right. And uh, I do want to say that uh, if you happen to be tuning in, we do have a chat open uh, at the site, and you, I suppose you could call in if you really want to. There is a call-in number that you can see if you go to the Blog Talk Radio site, but I will tell you the number is 347-324-3022. you got to repeat that one more time. 347 324 Three zero two two. Everybody repeats the number. So. I know. There's <clears throat> rules are rules. It would be cool to have anybody out there listening or or you know calling in or chatting. That would be that would be really fantastic. So don't hold back. No, that's true. It would be especially because I would just love to hear anyone's opinion <laughs> yeah. on Wrath of the Titans. So okay, Wrath of the Titans. And uh, here we go. Oh, I should also say that uh, we have expanded this to a possible 60 minutes. Uh, and it, it, may, it may not go that long, but the 30 minutes was pretty quick. So yeah. uh, we may end early if we get utterly bored of talking about this. But but there you go. So call in, click on the chat, and we'll just be going to town on Wrath of the Titans. You could give them your cell number if anyone wanted to send you like a message, a text message too, if you want to go that way. No, that's all right. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you could do that if you want. You want me to give them your cell phone number? I'll do that. No, that's okay. Okay, so Wrath of the Titans. Uh, so uh, I guess one way to start, uh, especially since we, we did kind of mention this a little bit, is is just to give the better or worse a quick impression. Uh, I, I'm going to go with worse. Worse than? <laughs> well, than the first one. Oh. I mean. Um, yeah, it's always easy to go for the easy joke. You know, you could always you could always say, look, I'm glad we saw this in 3D, which, by the way, we did. That's true. Because um, if it was in Smell-O-Vision, it would have been unbearable. Right. You know, it, it, all of these things. But I just, it was, it was certainly... I like the idea of talking about it in this way, that there have now been two films about Clash and, and Wrath of the Titans, and obviously this was more about Wrath. Um, this was the Wrath of the Titans we saw. But it, neither of these two films is any better than the original Clash of the Titans, which is mystifying to me because of all the budget and all the time. No, and, and I agree, yeah. I just I, I'm, I got so wrapped up in thinking about why when they had all the advantages, and it's not like... The 81 version of Clash of the Titans had this staggering budget or had Steven Spielberg directing it. You know, it was just this film that had like a $15 million budget, and it still managed to blow these two films out of the water. Right, and it was – you know, I don't know when you get into that kind of comparison because they are very different ideas. But there's something about the first one that – was really more okay with what it was, I think, yeah. and yeah. and knew that it was this kind of goofy thing, and just kind of ran with that, and, and and somehow that worked as something that was far more watchable, yeah, I think, than yeah. than this, which still completely goofy. Both of these movies, I mean, they're both just as goofy, at least I think, as the original. And yet they're so serious about it, and you know everything is so big and so overdone yeah. that it doesn't give you the ability to let that goofiness work for you. I think it yeah. just, 
it just spills over. But um, but anyway, uh, the the original here, I mean, the first new one, which will be confusing <laughs> now that we're talking about all of all these of movies, them, right? I, I at least kind of felt like I could kind of watch that. It still was yeah. it still was bad, and it still was really goofy, but I wasn't just sitting there the whole time I was watching it, you know, thinking that I hate myself and right. just want to get <laughs> right. well, that's good. get out of here. I right. mean, I at least could kind of let it go, and I am a big guy for letting a movie be what it is. Yeah, and. You know, I can take a goofy movie and even give it, you know, more stars than anyone thinks should be reasonable because I'm fine with just letting a movie be like a goofy movie. Yeah. But these were just terrible. But the first one, at least I could kind of watch. And this one, I'm I'm telling you, like the whole time (laughs) we were there, I was just like – I, it's almost like it's a joke. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I've jumped the gun. Maybe I shouldn't have brought up all the others just yet. You know, because there's certainly there's certainly an avenue of talking about all three of them. Um, it's interesting that you liked Clash of the Titans more than I did, the the remake, and I liked Wrath of the Titans more than you did. Um, I guess the thing that I I would have said in the beginning before bringing them all up. Um, Wrath of the Titans wasn't a surprise to me. I knew what we were going to sit down to. Well, you know, it wasn't going to be a late season, you know, it wasn't going to be like a fall Oscar winner. It was there to be a summer film. And I don't mind, you know, I don't mind knowing that in advance and just having fun with it. Still, it was kind of hard at times to just have fun with it. It just seemed to not know it just seemed to not know where to start or where to end, both in some of the characters, some of the action, some of the creatures. You know, like you said, everything had to be this monstrosity. Right. And there would just seem to be no way to rein any of it in. And I don't know if that was a studio decision or a director decision or just a budget decision. Right. But as I was watching it, around the time Perseus gets back on Pegasus and he's going off to, to do all the work that he has to do, Right. I and thought. By, by the way, let me just jump in and right. say that you know, spoilers are, I think, in this case, like oh. free reign. Right. Uh, right. right. <laughs> there's no wow. safety net on the t- spoiling anything. Absolutely, the Titanic sank, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> right. You know, I, I mean, there was this moment when he's riding off, and I thought very clearly about the movie just because it was this, expo- you know, this exposition scene of him flying around, and it looked good in 3D. But I, I realized, you know. I've played God of War and God of War 2, and both of those games just by themselves are better than this movie all by itself. You know, taking it in that way, the story about God... As a movie. As as a story, just as a vehicle of telling this story, I just thought this has been done better before with a lesser budget, and there's nothing that Wrath of the Titans did for me that was new or exciting in a way that hadn't been done before. And... You know, in the story of Ares and and the God of War, you know, the game, it was it was something that was fun to do and play through. But even the scenes that are cut in to tell the story, I thought overall were just better than Wrath of the Titans, and it right. it just suffered by comparison because it didn't really offer anything better in comparison to me. Well, you know, really like comparison to anything, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, since you mentioned, you know, kind of the bigness, I guess that I mentioned and you mentioned or whatever, however that came about. But you were talking about like the bigness of of the creatures, the, the like everything was trying to be big, and uh, you know, as I'm sure you know, uh, there's kind of a theory behind films and special effects that you can make an explosion big enough that it doesn't look like an explosion anymore right? on film. I mean, you can go so big that you've gone past being what you're trying to be anymore. Yeah. And I think this movie has a lot of examples of that. There are things that are that are so overdone and i think the uh, the big one that you can't help but mention is chronos right the biggest who <clears throat> by the time you get to where he actually comes out it it, it looks like godzilla yeah. i mean it it look it's it's lost all ability to be right anything scary or menacing or uh, you know believable that 
people are scared of it or right. that it, you know, I don't even know that it just doesn't like destroy the whole world in one swipe of its hand or whatever right. it is. It's like it's too far gone to be anything that works as part of the movie. Yeah. And that's the biggest example. But there are lots of other examples, too, uh, of, you know, things that are just so overdone uh -huh. that you can't get involved in it anymore. And I'd. I can't like first of all, Kronos is stupid looking. Even if he was like decent size, it's it's still like it's just it, it's it's so goofy that it really looks like you know just one step past like a guy in a Godzilla costume, yeah, stomping around. I was surprised at at the decision they chose to represent Kronos. It just looked bad, it right? Just wasn't and I, at all anything engaging, and and, and like kind of all it does is like. Grown in like some other language Speaking, or yeah, something. Speaking and, Elvish or rock or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and and what are you supposed to do with that? Why, how? What's the scary part of that? Right. I mean, it's like uh, by the end, it, you know, there's a couple of guys with some, you know, tenuously magical power fighting a mountain. And right. And what's the? How do you get invested in that? It's, yeah. You're just watching it play out, going whatever. And this, I mean. There, there's no drama left in anything that happens no. by the time you get there. Yeah. Which also, I think, uh, you know, jumping off into another uh, thing that drove me crazy about the movie is um, the just the, kind of the nonsensical way that it, like, jumped to the next thing that it wanted to use instead of, you know, sticking with a mythology. Like, you can make it's obviously about gods and craziness and who knows what powers they are or aren't going to have but you got to figure out what it is and then stick with it like you know for the big example where it stands out is um you know like if Zeus can do what he can do at the end of the movie how do you get captured in the first place yeah i mean that makes no sense all it, it's like the movie starts out Zeus has no power. It's all, you know, he can hardly do anything, apparently. They get in a big fight, and a couple people, like, you know, are shooting fire at him or something. Like, that should hurt a god anyway. The god of gods. But apparently it does, so we have to kind of run with that. And then all of a sudden, it's the end of the movies. You know, he's, like, super powerful and shooting huge god knows what, and... The Zeus power. And how does it make any sense? All of a sudden, he, you know, he just fling his hand and er everyone's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. So where was that at the beginning? I don't, I don't know. There's so many things about this story. There, there, are, a, there are a bunch of hurdles <laughs> that it didn't overcome. I, You know, thinking again about the Kronos thing, it, it reminds me of the Superman problem, which is you, you take so long and so many different creative people build this character, and I mean literally Superman. You know, right. you make Superman into such a, a deity. He is a god. He can do anything. And who do you bring in to fight him? You know, you can't have criminals that are just robbing jewelry stores anymore. And, you know, your average human mastermind, he's going to beat them. You know, so you bring these these bigger things, these universe-destroying, you know, creatures or embodiments, and that gets boring because people don't. You, you can only believe that to a certain point, even though you're talking about a story about a guy that can fly around and shoot heat out of his eyes. Right. Then what you do is you realize that the that the real compelling story is interpersonal. You know, if you have a god, whether it's Zeus or Superman or Perseus, who's a demigod, that really the conflict should be personal. It shouldn't be big Kronos who's the size of a mountain, you know, because that's not that's not an engagement of the audience. That's a wow factor to the audience, and that's not the same thing. But there were times when he was relating to his son, and there were times when even the gods were trying to relate to each other. And you can see that immortality gets on each other's nerves. Right. You know, they're all kind of sick of being around one another. And though the humans are losing their favor of the gods, and that's what's weakening them, that's kind of an interesting story. Right. Um, and again, I'm you know, part of the way that I always look at movies or entertainment is from a story perspective. I 
I went to school for it. I graduated with an English degree. This is the this is the starting point for me. Versus special effects and you know a lot of elvish grunting noises and fire. Well, right. That that was perplexing to me too. Which is you know okay you've taken Kronos now. If there's a third installment of something of the Titans. Oh God. I don't know exactly what bigger they can do besides fighting. Well, I don't know what they could do anyway, because, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, they're all dead, right? I mean, it could just be like Perseus <laughs> right. versus, you know, whatever. That's really kind why of, you didn't like the movie, is because all Whatever kind of stuff end. will come up. Yeah. No, but, you know, um, it, it's funny because uh, I think for virtually everything, we have to blame uh, the writers and the directors. Um, because it's not like, you know, something went wrong with the acting, really. Right. Uh, I, I mean, it's not like any anyone is to blame because, you know, and here's another thing that, you know, I'll throw out because Bill Nighy yeah. got a check. And so now I actually like this movie to a certain extent. Right. Because he's, he's one of my great. he's one of my favorite people. He's so fun. And and he was awesome. Yeah, he was great. As soon as he showed up, I mean, he was really good. The, you know, you got like five or ten minutes of. Of he's in the movie and it was just it was like a whole other yeah. thing you were watching all of a sudden yeah. as soon as he was there. Um, but you know, maybe it's not the best acting that ever happened at any point. But I don't think anything was wrong with the actors. But you know, just the story construction and here's a weird thing since you were um, talking about like the interpersonal. You know, when you had Perseus with his kid. And at various points when you had, you know, Zeus and Hades are kind of talking about how they got here and the whole banishing and stuff like that. And, you know, that was – there was some interesting moments anyway going on. And then, you know, you get to a certain point where Zeus gets Hades to admit that really the thing going on is that he's scared. Uh And he's scared because when – you know – like he says, even when the humans die, they get to go to this other place. But when we die, it's just oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. And then it's like the whole, you know, oblivion versus like you go to hell, and right. which is worse there. And, you know, he's actually scared. And there's like a lot of stuff going on there that could actually make for some interesting things you could run with a little more. Yeah. But everything that's story in this movie, if you like edited the movie down to the parts that are the story, it's like 10 minutes long. I mean, yeah. there, there's like none of that happens. Yeah. There's just, you know, watching Kronos throw fire right. for like God <laughs> knows really how long. That, you? <laughs> well, um, and even all the other parts, I mean, that uh, all the other fighting and action and uh, like every action scene needed to be edited so far down. And uh, it's funny because, you know, when you actually have to vote for things in movie award shows, then, you know, everyone says, okay, best editing. How do you vote for this guy versus that guy? And what does that, like, you're just making that up. You know, it's like when people complain about, like, diving scores and stuff, you know, I mean, it's like you're just pulling that number out. Yeah. And how do you vote? And the thing that I always tell people about editing is like, it is really hard to explain between two movies that are edited well, why this one is edited better. But when you see a movie that's edited horribly, then you see you know. editing happen. Yeah. Right. But if it's done, it, it's like a thing where if it's done well, you don't yeah. see it happen. Yeah. And there isn't really much of anything to refer to yeah. in good editing. But this one was... The fight scenes were crazy and really long, and there were a lot of times where it was just kind of like, you know, bang, we're at the next place. And there's like, I have no idea how we got there, but I guess I'll run with it since that's what you're showing me. But it's like there's a fight, and then boom, like they're kind of in another location talking about going, whew, that fight sucked. I mean, it was just like... That's kind of like the blueprint for Clash of the Titans, just not looked at very carefully. Like the, you know, the starting place with Perseus is to get him to the end, which is you know to defeat the Kraken, 
And along that path, he encounters other mythological creatures and gods and, and situations. And in this one, it, it just seemed like they knew that to get Perseus from his place of origin in the film to the end, he has to do certain things, and they didn't know fully how to transition those smoothly, if if effectively at all. Right. And they just decided, well, we're going to have to have a creature he's going to have to fight, so we'll make them Cyclops. And we'll have a place he has to fight, this maze, you know, the labyrinth. And then, of course, there'll be a minotaur in it. And, you know, these right. things felt forced rather than linear. Right. And that was noticeable sitting there um, by me. But, again, the other thing I noticed, which you touched on, I didn't have a problem with any of the acting. I actually thought the acting pretty much across the board was great. It was it was the notion that sometimes special effects can augment or save a story if it's in trouble. In this case, the story was in trouble because of the special effects. Right. It really just needed to be and I don't mean to strip it down and suggest, you know, Kenneth Branagh needs to to do like a stage production of this where it's all heavy acting. Right. You know, it's fine. I expect certain monstrosities and special effects. But if everything can be pushed to a certain example, Kronos is the best one. You know, he's the biggest special effect, and he's the worst thing about the film. Right. You know, but all the actors, again, and not in a not in a sycophantic way, but I just thought they all they all did great when there were moments of dialogue and and emotion between them. That I had fun with that, and right. then the transitions of 3D, this or that, or landscapes or. They all, they all did, that was when I was bored. They all did the best they were going to do with yeah. this. I mean, it, it you could have switched out actors, and there are actors in here where you're clearly going, you know, they are maybe not the best actor you ever want in your movie, but in this case, you could pretty much swap out whoever you want. It wouldn't have made any difference. I mean, yeah. they, they did as good as what was going to happen with this movie. <clears throat> but... I you know I actually I there were plot uh, there were pieces rather when when Sam Worthington was as Perseus I thought it was really fun and I've heard for a while now ever since you know Terminator Salvation that this was the guy that was up and coming and I keep waiting for a movie to show his ability for him I think to be up there. and coming I think yeah I just kind of think those movies have all including this one just another blip on the radar of potential up and coming I think he's got these moments that escaped whatever oppressive kind of directing or sci or uh, special effects in this film, um, he showed that he can do it. But he he's still not able to do more than two emotions. You know, it just like, it looks like when he's talking to someone he doesn't want to kill, whether it's his son or Andromeda or whomever, he's got this look on his face. And then if someone's in his way, he's got this other look on his face. <laughs> right. I'd love to see three or four other looks on his face because I think he's totally capable of doing it. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a lot like uh, Jason Statham, who's easily pegged as like this guy in these action films. But if you see him in films like The Bank Job, where he's hardly very little action, he's straight up just character, he's great. But it's just right. easier to peg him as an action guy. And I think Sam Worthington could be like that. I'm just waiting for but it's hard to, to know yet. Like it is. Right. It's right. really hard. You see echoes of what it might be in certain scenes in this film. And but then they stop. They they just they're gone. But you have to know too, and and seriously, I'm going to get to this because uh, Jonathan Liebsman directed this, uh -huh. who you might know as the director of Darkness Falls, The Killing Room, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, and Battle Los Angeles. Right. Uh, as really his directing credits which leads me to believe that clearly he can make Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, right. <laughs> not not to overly disparage any of those movies. No, but, but... But if you have a movie like Wrath of the Titans and an actor who is only giving you two expressions... Right. Uh, you know, you really have to... I, I think anyone who's acting in this movie, you have to cut them a little bit of slack. Except for, you know, like Liam Neeson... Yeah, I mean he's going to do what he's going to do, and you know Jonathan Liebsman is not right. going to tell different. Right, right, right. He'll probably listen to him politely and then just say, "Look, I know, right? There, I know how this is going to go." There, you know? there are people who are are in this movie who are going to do what they're going to do, and 
And that's not to suggest, you know, at least from my perspective, that Liam Neeson is a, a set diva. The guy just knows his no, work, no. and he knows how to turn it right, in. You right, know? But Just like Ray Fiennes, you know, if you, if you have a scene, if you told me some of the best scenes in this film were going to be between Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm in the seat. I'm ready to watch that. Right. Well, and you can tell, too. I mean, but... Uh, they are probably, and you know, who knows? Maybe Sam Worthington said, "No, I don't want to do it that way. I have right. this look, and right. that's what I want to do. I, yeah, right. That's what I'm going to do, and that's what's going to happen." So maybe that <laughs> is a possibility too. But you know that uh, Neeson and and Fines are are doing what they're going to do, yeah. and and they're not going to have Wrath of the Titans director, no matter who it is, right. Right. Say this is the way you're going to act in Wrath of the Titans that I've declared. And what's funny, I think about it is when we got. I mean, you know, I don't want to overly, you know, just mention Chronos parts, but when we got to the Chronos parts, and it was, you know, the lining up of the of the uh, army, and you know, this part of the army is doing this and, and all that stuff. For one thing, it, it noticeably looked a lot more like a, a student film to me. I mean, yeah, uh, in that a, moment, a, a lot, that, a lot of that, a lot of those parts where we were, you know, wherever we were outside, lining up lots of extras. Right. All of a sudden, it looked. Maybe that was a poor. It, it, it looked. Second AD. It, it looked. Yeah, it looked Maybe very different. Yeah. It looked almost like kind of behind the scenes footage or you know something like that. Right. But when that happened and you finally get to where, you know, Hades and Zeus kind of come together in their little, you know, spoilery brotherly love deal. Yep. You could just tell that they were it was like they were on vacation right. doing that scene. They were like, I'm gonna go out here and like screw around and do whatever I wanna do and you know, whiz bang, boom, this is what happens. They just looked seriously like they were like they were not really in a movie. Right. I mean, they just looked like they were just having fun, yeah. and they were just going to do whatever. And <laughs> it was know? like, do I look like Zeus right now? I don't know, but yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Right. I mean, is this, right. is this how Hades reacts to this? I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. But, you know, there was, speaking of them, though, the kind of weird thing after I saw it that surprised me is – uh, pretty famously, like Neeson has been talking up this movie. I mean, he has been saying lots of good things about this movie, and that you know it's it's much better than Clash of the Titans. Which I mean, I, I suppose you could you would agree with him. Fine, it's better than uh, well, Wrath I did. of the Titans. Yeah. But, the, yeah, but what does that mean? Well, uh, but yeah, all right. But he we'll is, get into that in a minute. But. He, he has kind of been talking up this movie, and I I find that kind of surprising. I don't know if. I don't know what to make of that, really. I mean, well, what were some of the things? I mean, do you remember any of the things that he was really talking up, or was it just? I, you know, I can't really quote him except that he has been quoted, I know, as saying that it's better than the first one, but just in general, positive regard for the movie. Yeah. Which, you know, if he wants to be in this movie and get like a paycheck and then go, fine, I was in this movie, whatever, then that's one thing. But if then if you're going to actually go around and start, <laughs> well, I just, start yeah. talking good maybe, about it. Maybe he had, you know, you can certainly tell. Um, I had another moment of thinking about that, too, when he was being near the end of the, the Kronos um, bloodletting. You know, I thought you can tell looking at the scenes, how they're, how they're being shown, what days all the guys were on set with each other. You know, I can see these these this like week and a half that he had to do you know for a few scenes how they worked out and maybe he had a lot of fun maybe craft services was really awesome sure. you know maybe there was something there it whenever i hear a story like that and the film just doesn't you know stand up to that that actor or director or writer's body of work i always remember when independence day came out and this is a weird shifting of the of the gears for a second but robert loggia doing a press junket looked at every, you know, every question that came in about, you know, this is a bubblegum summer film. And he stood his ground and he said, this is probably the greatest work experience I've ever had. This film is going to change people's lives. I don't know if that ever came to fruition. And if it did, great. You know, something has to change somebody's lives. It didn't do anything for me. Well, you know, because that right. film was not the thing that he was professing. So, but you don't know what their experience on set was, but you have to try to trust them. Liam Neeson with all of his credit, you know, and all, I mean, literally his credits, 
if he had said that to me, I, that probably would have got me excited to go see it, and I would be pretty pissed off well, after right, it because right. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you've been in some amazing films. How can you how can you stand up and get behind that? Right, and um, and I'm not gonna say that he like gushed crazily. So now. yeah, no, I understand, and I'm not and I'm not trying to put you on the spot to be like, oh, I'll defend him. What was it exactly that he said? But I mean, this is this is. This is certainly not the film that I would have chosen if I had Schindler's List, you know, on my CV to say, you know, these are the things, um, you know, even maybe get behind even Batman Begins or something. I'm just thinking this right. is not that caliber of film, so it must have been something else. Maybe, maybe he just had a blast hanging out with Ray Fiennes. I mean, in, right? In, you know, in between takes, I don't know. But. And and you know, really, maybe I'm wrong. And all that he was trying to imply is that this was better than Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Not anything, anything yeah. that would be sort of objectively good or something like that, and that's all he was trying to get out of it was that it's better than Clash of the Titans. And yeah. then, you know, I still probably would disagree with him. <laughs> yeah. But at least you're not hardly saying anything there. Right. But right. so I don't know. I just thought, uh, you know, I had to throw that's that out. I yeah. just had to throw that out because it seemed so strange. Yeah. It seemed strange long before I saw the movie. Right, because it's not like I had any great expectations yeah. <laughs> for it. Yeah. So it still seemed weird then, but I I wish that they had just. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a huge distraction, and I'm shifting a little bit here too. I'm just thinking about um, some of the scenes that were fun, and then I got pulled out of them. You know, a lot of people, if they really love the original, they might have been psyched to see Bubo, you know, in right. both of these as a cameo, and it just it was annoying. You know, it was kind of bothersome. Even even in the regard of like the Tom Hanks castaway, you know, Wilson role that Bubo has in Wrath of the Titans. Um Dude, don't get me started on castaway, seriously. Don't even like we can go another hour. you don't you don't wanna you don't like the castaway, no, you don't can, like the Wilson? We can go another half hour. No, I hated that movie, but Well in in that regard, you know, I understand the idea is to pay homage to other things and I just wish that the movie was doing fine without it. You know, it did. It's not a big gripe. It's just a minor thing. I was just thinking of it. Just right. I was starting to think again, like why both of these films um, just couldn't be better than the original Clash of the Titans to me. And maybe you could make the argument certainly that we're older now, you know, and that Clash happened at right. the right time in our adolescence. I don't. I don't think so. I just think that it didn't try to be anything other than what it knew it was going to be. And right. everyone who signed on, you know, whether it was Harry Hamlin or Burgess Meredith or anybody, they knew what they were in for, and they did. Right. They did the work, you know. Well, and you know, here's it, here's the thing too is that uh, I don't know that they need to be better even, but they could be I a working be movie now. Like they could be a good movie now and mm -hmm. whether or not really, okay, this is so much better than the original Clash of the Titans. I mean, I don't care if it's better. I would just want it to not be horrible. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, really, I don't know if the, if the thing with, you know, you saw it way back then it was, you know, you were younger and, you know, certainly there are things that are going to, you know, stand out just because of when you saw it. It's, right. it's a great movie that can never be beaten now because I saw it when I was 16 and whatever. Right. But like, for example, the remake of Total Recall that's yeah. coming out. Here we go, yeah. Is it going to be better than the original Total Recall? Does it matter? Does, does the original Total Recall suck? I mean, I thought the original Total Recall is kind of in the same boat. It's kind of a goofy, stupid movie, but it was, like, fun. It was and, so much fun. And, you know, it had action that worked, and then it had bizarro craziness that was just so <laughs> stupid that it was good yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So is this Total Recall going to be a better movie than that And when it's done? I don't know, but it looks like it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. And you know that's all I care about. If if these could have just been good, good movies, <clears throat> and, and these ones, rarely is there a movie that I don't like so much that really I only talk about one thing because it's all the story here. Yeah, for me, I mean. 
Oh, is it really like story or is it special effects? You know, well, there are special effects things that I think are stupid and bad, like obviously Kronos, right? Right. Again, I, but... I, I think that is just so far gone that it doesn't work. Okay. Would that have totally ruined the movie for me if otherwise it was really good and had a good story and stuff? Huh. No, I don't think so. It might be hard to combine if you had a really good story. See, here's the thing. If we had a really good story, would we have just sat around all the time going, how can I make Kronos bigger and make right. more explosions happen? No. no. Ma- maybe you'd have had something else to focus on, right? Maybe you'd have had other uh, areas to put your uh, your time and effort of special effects right. into something that worked. But, uh, I mean, there, there are other things. Like, if you're going into other realms, like, there are other fights, like, say, the fight with the Cyclops. Yeah. And there's even, I think, I swear, like, uh, probably every fight in this movie has kind of the same problem for me. There's, like, the early fight with the two-headed fire dog, whatever. Yep. There's the Cyclopses, and there's uh, when Perseus fights Ares. Yeah. And they all have the same problem for me, and that is that the thing that Perseus is fighting is too unkillable. And then we get to a point where we've seen the fight long enough, so he just kills it. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work like as yeah. a fight. Like the whole time the fight's going on, you're just sitting there going, "There's no way he can kill it." I mean, he, right. ju- he jumps on the back of that dog thing and stabs <laughs> it like right in the brain with his sword, right? And it just shrugs him off and goes, "Yeah, whatever." And then we yeah. and then we have some more fight for a yeah. while, and then yeah. there's no possible way he can kill this thing. And then, you know, somebody who apparently has a job on the set of, of like, watching his clock going, okay, that fight's been going on this long now. And then, boom, we end it somehow, right? And then, magically, he wins the fight. So, uh, like, from that aspect, I thought those were really poorly done. I don't think we came up with – there could maybe be the one with the Cyclops, you know, he'd – gets the Cyclops' own trap to bonk it on the head yep. or whatever, and, you know, fine, maybe <laughs> maybe we could do something with that. And then at the end, after the fight's all over, then he pulls out Trident's spear, right? Like, you might have known you had that on you before when the right. fight was still going on, right? Yeah. But no. Yeah. But, I mean, they just all, everything was, you know, not only unkillable, but, like, un damageable even it's like you couldn't even hurt it a little bit yeah and then all of a sudden you kill it right right and so i thought that was horrible i thought the special effects were far too over the top but for me really it just comes down to the story this i mean there's so many ways that the story just doesn't make any sense and it's like they took a story and said i want all these things to happen and now I just have these gods to work with, so I'm going to plug them in, and just yeah. that's what I'm sticking with. And yeah. it's not like they came to some kind of agreement on how the mythology would work, right? Like, right. can the gods die? What happens to the gods if they die? How can they die? How come all of a sudden one god dies this way, another god, it's like practically it's like a feather lands on him and he's dead, yeah. and what does that mean for how the you know demigods work and live and how powerful they are and whatever and you know we just kind of there's like one sentence in the movie about other gods that are not those three and um they're all gone yeah that was how they smiled and that's it and like there's no really how did that happen yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean they they just all are gone and I, I mean there's and and like i said like from one point to another you know at one point zeus is this week this is why he's this week and so now we have kind of something we can accept for how he could get trapped and then he's had Apparently, all the power sucked out of him, except that he didn't have any power. Yeah. Right? He was so weak, but then he got all the enough power to jumpstart Kronos sucked out of him. But where was that power before? And then all of a sudden, we're trying to free him, and it turns out that Hades can just 
touch him, and now he's like so rejuvenated right. that you know he's like full power he, again. He took the gray out of his hair, and like even in the beginning when we're talking about how weak they are and they are kind of in a fight, it's really hard when you're, I think, thrown into a movie early that is dealing with you know, some sort of a complex mythology and gods and everything like that. I think it's very difficult unless you have some kind of explanation going into it to understand and to just kind of, you know, suspend disbelief enough to watch it happen when you have a bunch of gods who are fighting as though they are not at all gods. I mean, they're fighting like with spears and hammers and, yeah. Not just, you know, God flexing their yeah. will. Yeah, I was right? just using I mean, my God power. <laughs> right, why would you? If, right. And like if you're Zeus, if Ares suddenly is attacking you with his big hammer, right? Why, you know, why, at at the very least, why don't you, you know, not be there all of a sudden? Or, you know, whatever, some kind of, yeah. some kind of godliness happening. But there was no effort in the story to go, this is, our working mythology and how gods work. And I don't even care how you make it. If you want to make it crazy like that right. or, or seemingly cra- crazy like that, different from what people might be expecting, fine, make it that way and stick right. with it. Right. And everything works that way. And then, you know, I'll, I'll run with that. But yeah. you just throw them in there and all of a sudden – this is how the gods work. And then, like, 20 minutes later, well... This is kind of how they work now. They, they, yeah, now, now they kind of... Well, you know, in a story like this, obviously, you just... You know, part of it is beholden to the story, you know, itself. I mean, that's the writer or, you know, even the director sometimes making changes on the on the day's list. But I, I see exactly what you mean. You know, if if the movie had been... I guess to say, once you get on their path, you're kind of stuck. It's their ride. You know, you're on their design for the roller coaster. And whether or not it was scary or not, or it didn't have enough um, twists and turns to your liking, that's the price you kind of pay for getting on their ride. That being said, it certainly didn't make sense in the beginning where Zeus was losing some power. And he acknowledged it enough to come and say, you know, we're in a little bit of trouble here. The, The humans don't pray to us anymore. Right. Uh, I think if I were Zeus, even if I had just a little bit of god power left, I could find a way to make the humans, maybe if I laid waste to a few cities, you know, pray to me a little harder. Right. You know, I think that, again, this is not the direction that the writer decided to go in. And even though it makes sense to me, maybe it's not the story that they wanted to say. Um, But certainly that is... I can appreciate that problem. You know, I can appreciate that problem um, because it precipitates an awful lot of other things along the way, which is, you know, gods can do anything, so we can change the rules at any moment um, for them. Well, but that doesn't make sense. I'm trying to play a little bit of the devil's advocate for the for the writer, but, you know, no, it doesn't make sense, and, that, and it shows when it's all put together. Well... And, you know, especially in this case, uh, you know, if you're making a movie where you're coming up with some gods, right? Yeah. Then, okay, so now how am I going to make these gods work and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It ain't like they don't have any stories to work with about, right, a, about how these gods work, work, right? There's a I lot mean, of stories or, about how the gods work. Or, or, you know, yeah. what, something that we could, you know, mold a little bit and make yeah. it into something or whatever, but... And and I guess especially like, you know, Zeus comes comes in and it's like at the beginning, you know, it's the time of gods is ending, right? Right. What the hell does that mean? Uh-huh. Unless you said it now. <laughs> well, what, said what it does now. that mean? Yeah, he's laying down the law. That's uh, how it is. No, but I mean, unless you said no, it I now mean. in the present and said he happens to be at the time when the gods are ending, what could it mean to be in that time right. and say the time of gods is ending? I right. mean, people don't pray to us anymore, maybe, but but yeah, and and even you know, I don't know if you have to destroy a bunch of cities, which seem to be kind of. Start with one, from, you know. From early, from the first movie, that seemed to be, you know, the way they were thinking right. was, I'm God and I'll be destroying your cities. But you might be able to come up with something better than <laughs> I'll go down to the netherworld right. because, uh, you know, this is how smart a god I am. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that whole notion of, you know, we've got the solution to our problem. Let's go to hell and, you know, regroup with Hades. Yeah, that that was a little unbelievable, certainly. 
but right. even talking about it. You know, there was one thing that you said, though. Looking at the films in some way of comparing them to the original, like I've done a couple times, you know, and then you started talking about Total Recall and the remake of it, and you're like, you know, is it is it going to be this? Does it matter? I think I think the answer to films that are remade um that is that is easier to give. Yes it matters and here's why. If it if you're going to not make the movie better, I can't believe I'm an English major and I just said that. If your goal is to remake a film, you should be able to remake that film better. It should be better than the original. Otherwise, go to the vault and pick out a script that hasn't been done yet and make that movie. I'm so frustrated with the decisions of remaking films that were great already or that you don't bring anything to that's new or you just sweep the legs out from. Right. If you're going to remake Clash of the Titans, great. Make it better than the 1981 original version. And if you can't, if you're going to do a sequel, then one of those two films or both of those films combined should be better than the original. And if it isn't, it matters. It right. means you've wasted the time and the energy and the and the money when other films that could have been greenlit. To me, anyway, like I would rather not see another another uh, version of Footloose or The Karate Kid. These films were fine on their own. So many other films out there right. haven't been even made yet. Make those. Right. But if you do decide to do Total Recall again, you better blow me away, or you shouldn't have bothered in the first place. Right. That's my soapbox on that position just you know it just it was interesting the way you brought it up because that was my first thought i thought yeah of course it matters it's got to matter or you don't do it well i i agree to a certain extent and but i think there are maybe uh i don't know i think there's kind of two two avenues where uh you're talking about it like there's one in a way and uh like you you bring up i think good examples in Footloose and the Karate Kid, uh -huh. because even more than whether or not you're going to make a better movie or you are really convinced you're going to make a better movie, I right. mean, I don't think probably a lot of people get behind the movie and go, I'm going to make a movie that sucks and it's right. going to be like this. I mean, I think they probably think that they're making a better movie. They're just stupid and wrong. Yeah. But one thing is better, worse, or, you know, whatever, not even worrying about that kind of thing. If you're going to make a movie like Footloose or The Karate Kid, and you're just going to make, like, a scene-by-scene -scene exact right. copy with maybe slight differences in the locale or whatever, like Karate Kid, okay, well, this time, you know, he's in China, and it, there's a slightly different story about how he gets wrapped up in things. And we have a different move, maybe. But other than that, I mean, it's like scene by scene, right? Copy of the movie, right? Then don't bother. I don't, don't care if it's good, me. bad, indifferent. I don't even care. You're not doing anything. I don't even care if you're Gus Van Zandt and you want to remake Psycho frame by frame. Don't don't do it. Why right. do it? Why why do that? You know right. who who do you have photos of in Hollywood? that you could convince this was a good idea right. in some blackmail scheme to do... I mean, that's an interesting idea in a boardroom pitch meeting, but just don't right. do not do it. You can't be better. There's nothing new that you can contribute. I'm sorry, you know. It, I just don't see that. Now, if... Right, but um, let me... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Cut you off, because I was going to say, because I think there's kind of a two-prong sort of remake thing. And okay. One is it, we have to just discount immediately like the frame-by-frame frame kind of okay. horrible things. But I think there's like kind of a two-pronged thing, which is one is we're remaking a movie or, you know, dredging up something or, I mean, you know, taking a TV show and turning that into a, a movie or, or whatever, where what we're going to do is kind of make pretty much the same movie and we're just updating it and, you know, using the special effects we have now because now we can make it better. Mm -hmm. And not just like a one-to-one, -one, you know, reshooting of it, but we're just going to – it's going to be updated kind of a thing. Right. Right. And the other side of that is we got the same, like, kind of basic idea, but we're going to, like, spin it in new ways and go somewhere a little – different with 
the basic premise. Right. And I think one of those, I'm not as concerned with whether or not it's better than the first. If you're going to try and really kind of put a whole new spin in a way, yeah. you know, then I'm, then I'm not so concerned if it's better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. if you're going to take a movie and your plan is we're going to update it, now we can do some special effects that they wish they could do back then when they did it, and we're going to, you know, right. I mean, now people in the movie will be walking around with cell phones, whatever. I mean, whatever version of updating right. it is updating it, then it better be better. Right. Then you're just completely wasting my time if you're not making a really Big good improvements, movie. right? And not only that, but it has to be really good. It not only has to be better than the original, but it be a lot. But better. it really has yeah. to be good because no, otherwise you're just wasting time. Right. With the other road of that, I think, you know, I could give some leeway to people who are gonna do something. Yeah, I, I can. I understand. I appreciate that. Like, if you have an idea about, you know, I really loved. The Blade Runner universe, you know, and I really want to make something that's like that, but it obviously can't be tied directly to it, but we both know that it stems from that, then great, run with it. You know, if you want to do an expanded universe to things, then I understand that. But, you know, when you remake The Karate Kid, you know, or you remake another movie, and the interest there is that, you know, we can tell this story better and more contemporarily because we have a different soundtrack now. Right. That's not a good enough reason to me. Right. I actually have a friend who said whether or not that was his daughter's take on it or his secret take on it to go see the film, that he just felt it was more contemporary because the music was updated. And it drove me nuts that that was the primary reason. Right. Because somewhere in some room, some suit is saying, aha, that's my audience. I got him. <laughs> sure. And that's not enough. That's well, just not enough for me. And so. at least Karate Kid, which I didn't think was a bad movie. Um, the remake of it. I didn't think it was bad. It just... Unnecessary. It was unnecessary, and it wasn't that interesting, Um, but at least they made it younger kids. And not that that's a good or a bad choice or whatever, but at least it's something different. I understand. Your perspective is it's a different choice versus making it the same choice and just redoing it. Yeah, I I get that. But, you know... But it was a totally unnecessary yeah. movie yeah. either way. But at, right. I'm just saying at, at least there's something different about it. Right. it. It might not be a worthwhile thing different about it. Right. Um, whereas like Footloose, right, the only thing different is that, you know, there's more skin. Yeah. I mean, there were parts, I even remember seeing the the trailer for that yeah. when I first saw the trailer, trailer and, and, and that was exactly the thought that jumped in my head was that's the exact same scene. Right. I mean, it's like they got the same like toe marks they're standing on. That's like the exact <laughs> right. same scene. Yeah, and and everything is just you know, uh, John Lithgow has his own particular you know thing that he brings to that character that no one could ever do right. again. Right. So that character is going to be a little bit different, and you even have to kind of write that character a little bit different because. It's just not going to happen. Right. But, I mean, other than things like that, it is just the exact same movie. I mean, okay, there's a bus and cars, and that's where we <laughs> dance, or, you know, what right. I, I mean, there's all this, there's some craziness, and the, you know, it's not just, the funny thing is, the the only real thing I thought was interesting about uh, remaking that movie since we're going to just run with tangents here, <laughs> is that, you know, boy, weren't you just a little bit more on the side of the person who didn't want them to do that right. in, in the in the yeah. remake? Because, yeah. you know, in the first one, it's just some kids completely, innocently, really dancing. Right. I mean, in the second one, it's like mostly naked people right. grinding on each other all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And you got some, you know church-going person who has a problem with that, and you're going, no, I mean, I can see that. Yeah. In the first movie, you're yeah. going, oh, my God, this, you know, backwater, right. you know, yeah. holy roller thing, and they aren't even doing anything, and it's like a whole different movie. And yeah. this one, it, it was it was almost like, whose side am I supposed to be on here? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um I just want to I just want to take a second and say we you know we're happy to see people pop into the the chat room 
And if you're in there and we've tried to talk back, uh, stay a minute, you know, leave us a couple comments, ask a question, feel free to just kick your feet up. That's fine. Right. I mean, it's a little late now. Really. Right. But Well, if you want to come in real quick and but you know, it, while we're here for the last few minutes. but In general, yeah. Well, here's, here's my question, I guess, for you. Okay. Uh, better Zeus, Liam Neeson or Laurence Olivier? Laurence Olivier was well, I mean, from Clash of the Titans. Who, who did it better? Uh, you know, it's hard to not pick Laurence Olivier as being <laughs> oh, better anything. Oh. But, you know, for me, they are kind of – I mean, this is like all the way back to the like the beginning when we were talking. Right. But for me, they are different movies yeah. enough that – that makes that a really hard thing to deal with for me. You're going to take a pass on this one? That's because okay. the first one, um, I mean, you know, who did their acting better? I mean, that's like, you know, to a certain extent, uh, you know, for me in general, I have a hard problem with going, this is the best comedy of the year, this is the best drama right. of the right. year, which one's the best movie of the year, right? Right. So for me, the first one was such a different thing, and it was just so embracing its goofiness that it worked so well. And, I mean, I thought he was great. I thought everyone was great in that movie. And even when I kind of didn't want to, you know, there were were times in that movie, especially, you know, you go back and watch it now when it's like, I wish there were things that were worse about this movie so I could, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, not even have to deal with it. But yeah. everyone, I mean, like, you know, even Burgess Meredith He's great. was, like, this guy's awesome. just so yeah. incredible. But because he was so in the zone of right. this is a goofy thing that we're doing, you right. know, not, in the, and then in these – Everyone is – it's all so serious. It's very serious. And yeah. everyone is acting mm-hmm. so serious that, you know – Well, Liam Neeson certainly had more to do. You know, Lawrence Olivier oh, yeah. only had a few scenes. He only had a handful of things, and he had to make his presence known. You know, certainly Liam Neeson did. I was going to – I was going to run down the gamut of who's the better Perseus, you know, just, oh, yeah. just for the fun of it. But, um, no, I think, I think we were both – pretty much in agreement about Wrath of the Titans. See, now, I thought as we were walking out of the theater that you had a much more positive reaction to this movie than... I'm a sucker for a 3D film. ...than, than you sound like no. right now. <laughs> no, I, I... Wait, you think I sound more negative now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've had a I've had a day but and a that, night to think about that it. Could've just, that could just be the reaction to my saying how horrible I thought it was. No, no, no. I don't – I don't. I can see a film and, and uh, if everyone loves it, I can still hate it on my own or vice no, versa. But, no, I mean like at first you might have just sounded more positive because oh, they were, you were trying to have your level yeah. – explain that your level was actually not – that bad that it was as horrible as I thought it was. Maybe. And, you know, you could actually be at the same level right now. It's just that it it's, it sounds more negative when you're not trying right. to distinguish it from my really, really horrible. I probably have a harder tone to my voice when I talk about Karate Kid remakes and <laughs> Footloose remakes. And I'm curious about the Total Recall make- remake. But, you know, I just there's a lot of – there's just a lot of decisions that – are frustrating and maybe that's where it came from but right. at least as far as this movie went you know it was a summer movie not not playing in the summer yet i don't know if it'll stay in the theaters until the summer comes out um you know 3d was fun there was some things yeah. that were entertaining about it but it just it well didn't it, it didn't really have it didn't really have all of its engines running in the right direction right. to be effective and, and fun. It, it does at least i mean it, it did okay this weekend and yeah. it does at least have a weekend coming up where right. it doesn't have a lot of new competition coming out. Right. I mean, you know, damsels in distress viewers are not <laughs> not the same audience are, are not yeah. balancing their options and right. about to go to Wrath of the Titans. So we only have like a minute left. So anything you want to say? I I, I am really teetering on like zero stars for this movie. I swear to God. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've hardly ever done that, but maybe like a half a star out of five or four. I forget which five. one you're going out of five. Out of five. I, I'm a little bit, I think I'm a little more gracious with it than you are, but not by much. I honestly was thinking about a star, maybe a star and a quarter. 
Right. It just it the 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 flopping that it had for problems was just insurmountable right. to the good that it had. And the good that it had was very fun in moments, but it wasn't enough to, to really push. So I'm gonna give it one and a quarter stars. Okay. Know, I think just, I think by the time I have to write my review, by the time I get done, I think it's probably gonna be like a half a star. I mean yeah. I just uh, but the live version of this is going to end really fast. So I just want to say, uh, you know, visit us at areyouscreening.com, uh, and we will be back probably in two weeks. And then it just ended anyway. So. Yep. All right. Um, so now it's still going, but, I, you know, I can't. I can't see the value of it. This yeah. this will tack on anyway, so we could just you know closing remarks or whatever. But I don't know that there's anything else. No. Anything no, I think we covered it all. We covered it all. Yeah. So I think we are just going to sign out and you know thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you showed up live, you are awesome. And otherwise, you know, just keep in mind we're available on iTunes. And I think we're just going to be out. Right. So thanks for tuning in and goodbye. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.